2: What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here. Not 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, but the broadcast is coming to you from Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, and our friends at WPHT Radio. 50,000 powerful watts here on the East Coast. The number, I think it's the number eight talk radio market in the country. So it's always an honor and a pleasure to be with you guys here. And this is the Tuesday edition of the This is America podcast. It's going to include excerpts from a show that I did over the weekend that have a lot of interesting things that I want to talk about. But what's going on in the news today, big stuff. Donald Trump, El Presidente, Donaldus Magnus, El Trompito, the 45th president of these United States, He uh, released his app, Truth Social, and I've had the pleasure of testing this app for the last couple of weeks. Really, really cool app, Uh, like Twitter, but a little bit smoother, I'd say. And it hit number one on the App Store, so I'm pretty sure the leftists and the media and everybody else, you know, every Trump hater that's out there is thinking, oh, man, we done messed up now. Because it seems every time Trump has a rally, he tops the charts. He puts out an app. It's number one on the Apple App Uh, What do they call it? It's not called iTunes anymore. It's called the App Store. So I look at that and I think, man, they must really hate this, that there are so many Americans that, in their opinion, have been corrupted and believe in America and believe in Donaldus Magnus El Trompito. So that's pretty cool. Plus, we've got Putin. Putin has now uh, began his entrance. Uh, I can't even say it's an invasion. It's an entrance into territory that he claims is Russian territory. And nobody's fighting him back. Because, well, part of it's because we took away the heavy artillery from the Ukrainians back in 94, and good old uh, Joe El Baboso Biden isn't going to do anything to stop it. So he's just going to say, oh, we're going to give you a fine. We're going to sanction you. But ultimately, this is where we are. Not a good place. But I want to talk about this story that I saw on NPR. This one is great. 16-year-old wanted to get the COVID vaccine, but he had to hide it from his parents, February 16th by Nina Feldman. This high school junior, his name is Nicholas Montero, he stays busy. He runs track, works nights, and weekend shifts at Burger King. And keeps on top of his schoolwork at Neshaminy High in Bucks County. But Montero's packed schedule is also strategic. He says it's a way to stay out of the house. Montero and his parents are separated by a political and cultural rift common throughout the U.S., He says his parents are part of a small but vocal minority who oppose COVID-19 vaccination and have refused to let him get the shot. Or the shots, plural, because you need boosters upon boosters. Saying, quote, the thing about these uh, beliefs is that they alternate by the day, he says. Now, he's only 16, but he says it's not one solid thing that they're going with, so it's really just baseless. It's like the one thing they see on Facebook and then they completely believe it. <laughs> you got to admire his passion. The uh, impasse eventually led to an act of quiet defiance. Montero traveled and went to a little-known place where the city allows children over the age of 11 to be vaccinated without parental consent. dun, dun, dun. Now, not all states require parental consent uh, consent for vaccination. Alabama allows teenagers 14 and up to consent to their own medical care, including inoculations. In Oregon, the age is 15. Rhode Island and South Carolina allow 16-year-olds to get COVID vaccines on their own. And in Delaware, you need to only be 12 to get vaccines related to sexually transmitted infections. Because, you know, that's what's going on when you're 12. That's the case as well in California for those who are 12 and older would like to get vaccinated for sexually transmitted infections. But now California state lawmakers are considering a bill that would allow those who are minors to consent to all FDA administration approved vaccines, including the COVID vaccine in Montero's home state of Pennsylvania. Minors can make their own medical decisions on specific um, cases based on circumstances. If they get married or legally emancipated from their parents or enlist in the military. Or, of course, if they're pregnant, for example. Now, in November 2021, the Kaiser Family Foundation had a poll and it said that 30 percent of parents with 12 to 17 year old kids said that they would definitely not vaccinate their children. In light of this, two National Institutes of Health scholars wrote a piece in the New England Journal of Medicine, medicine excuse me, advocating for states to expand their existing statutes to include COVID-19 vaccines as medical treatment to which minors can consent. Isn't this interesting? You don't get to be a parent anymore because, well, you know, the science. Now, Montero says he thinks most of his parents' beliefs about the vaccines come from social media. He's tried to explain to them, this is a a quote from him, that he's tried to explain to them that vaccines are safe, they're effective. He sounds like Joe. He's going to start whispering, Take the shot. Take the shot. I got hairy legs. Anyway, so he uh, he feels that he's tried to explain that people have been vaccinated, even our own family members, is what he told his parents. They've been vaccinated for months and experienced no side effects, but nothing seems to get through to them. Montero's parents did not respond to multiple attempts by NPR, but through the whole thing, he was able to find a way to change his own situation. Montero worried about about different uh, kids, other colleagues of his, teens, who can't travel to a place where laws are different. So he wrote an op-ed for his high school newspaper advocating for the age of consent for vaccines in Pennsylvania to be lowered to 14. Now he says, look, I know that this is something all teenagers across the country are experiencing right now. Really, it's funny. I have two teenagers, and one of them just up and left and went to a new college because she didn't want to get the vaccine. And um, the other one was like, I'll go on remote instruction if they force me to take that thing. And I'd never even talked about this with them. So, I mean, I can't say all teenagers because my teenagers certainly weren't interested and that was on their own, had nothing to do with me. Last summer, blah, 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 it's getting boring, right? You, you got the point here. This kid went around his parents' back and the question I guess becomes, should we be doing this? Should we be lowering the age of consent for, for anything, right? This is what the Democrats want to do with voting. It's what they want to do with this type of uh, healthcare care. They want to exclude parents. They've been trying to do it forever and a day with abortions. And, um, you know, in Spanish, we'd say ¿Hasta donde llegamos? up to where, where will we get with this? I don't know. And I think this is a, a big, big question because people need to know where they stand. As a parent, you should be able to trust that even if you don't like your government and it overtaxes you and it's maybe not fair, At least that they're not going to go and give your kids shots and abortions or anything else until it's, you know, their turn, until they've reached that legal age of accountability. So I want to know your thoughts on this, 855-839-1210, because I think this is pretty serious. I think this is a one of those situations where we uh, we really need to look into what's going on because kids are suffering on so many different levels. And it reminds me of this audio. Let's see if I have it here maybe I don't, of Dr. Fauci. But basically, Dr. Fauci has made this statement saying, you know, with with many schools and many people making a move to go back to schools that, oh, there it is, cut 11, saying that, no, 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 the most important thing that we can do right now is um, not do it too quickly. Listen to Dr. Fauci. Now, we could get lucky because the trajectory right now is going way down. And it very well may be that if you take
3: masks off the kids in the next week or so, it's going to keep going down. But you've really got to be careful. You know, you don't want to say it's an absolutely wrong decision. It's understandable why people want to take masks
2: off the kids. But right now, given the level of activity that we have, it is risky. So there it is. Everything is risky. Everything is risky. And we have to leave it to the Fouchster, right? Good old Dr. Fauci. It's very risky. We have to leave it to him to decide when it's safe. I have a feeling that, you know, if this guy were to live to be 200 years old, he'd still be. It's it's not safe. It's not right because you have an opportunity to maybe advance. But then you you take a few steps back. It's like two steps forward, one step back. And, And this is how he lives in this world of circuitous debate. And it just fascinates me because I think, how is it that anybody takes him seriously? I know that there are Americans that listen to Anthony Fauci and they go, man, what a brilliant man. Thank God for Anthony Fauci. I just don't happen to know any personally, but they're out there. Anyway, let me know what you think about what we're talking about. Eight, uh, Not 800, it's 855-839-1210. And uh, we got somebody in Northeast Philly. Is that Frank in Northeast Philly? What's going on? You're on with Rich Valdez. How are you?
4: Hey, Rich, before I give my statement, I guess, I'll be hearing you again in about 14 hours, right? 6 a.m. tomorrow? <laughs> if I'm lucky. <laughs> <laughs> my comment is this. Canada, how did the Prime Minister, Child Trudeau, his name is, I believe, right? And the other guy, whatever his name is. How are they blaming Trump for what's going on up there? I mean, come on. They blame Trump for everything here. Why does Canada got a jump on you the hate Trump Frank. ban?
2: That's a great point. I'm not cutting you off. I, just, I want to add, as I was reading the transcript for that audio that you listened to, that's what we're talking about. The audio of right. the uh, the minister in, in Canada saying, if you're a pro-Trump, I was literally, and I don't get surprised easily, but I'm thinking, this is a whole separate country. And they're talking exactly. about pro-Trump people in Canada. It, it was it was baffling to me, too. Hey, Rich. Yes, sir. Yes, I'll I, I listen to you when I
4: can. Like on Sundays, you know, you say Rich Fodges with the S, I hear it all the time. We're <laughs> kind of cousins. I'm Frank Rainbows with f too. <laughs> oh, there
2: you go. Well, thank you for listening, Frank. Yeah, Thanks, I, Rich. I, I
4: think... appreciate your program.
2: Thank you, brother. I appreciate the call. Bye, bye. And I think you're right. Thank you, sir. The audacity <laughs> that our Canadian friends, or the Canadian leftists, I should say, maybe not our friends, that they have, and the disdain that they have, not only for America, because ultimately I think leftists, they have disdain for freedom. They hate liberty. And the United States has always been a beacon for that liberty. And in recent years, we've kind of downplayed our role as the leader of that liberty, something that I think Ronald Reagan took very seriously and something that Trump took very seriously, but something that Joe El Baboso Biden doesn't take very seriously. But even the leftists are being pushed into these situations where they don't know what to do, where they're being backed up. And some of them seem to at at times when they get squeezed, they say, you know what, you're right. And one of those was the mayor in San Francisco. So we're going to get to that in a minute. But I want to get to the rest of your calls and the rest of your comments and, of course, to check in with our sponsors. So let me give you that number. It's 855-839-1210. I am Rich Valdez here with you till 6 o'clock on 1210 WPHD. This is America. This is America. All right, Philly, welcome back. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout-out to Glenn, who's working the uh, the board today, and he's got a great musical selection. I don't know if that's the music bed you play for everybody, but, man, it sounds good to me today. So thanks, Glenn. I appreciate that. Big shout-out to my listener, by the way, who called Inside Joke. And, of course, um... Everybody that's listening today, I'm, I'm thrilled to be with you guys. Our phone number, 855-839-1210, 855-839-1210. Rich Valdez with an S here with you till 6 o'clock. Now, uh, we were just talking about this uh, this kid that had to go behind his parents' back so he could get the vaccine. Now he can participate in life And look, I get it. I'm I'm a little bit cynical in my delivery, but I I do respect everybody's rights to do whatever they want Uh, and and vice versa. Respect mine and let me do me. I think that's what it's all about. And before the break, I talked about how one politician in San Francisco, Mayor London Breed, how she, I think, was backed up into a corner. And this is not the first time where she said that these pro-crime progressive policies RBS, and they had to bleep it out of, you know, something she said and made big headlines because they were like, wow, look, they're waking up. And I don't know if it's necessarily people waking up, but I think people realize I like a certain thing. yeah I guess it's kind of like an alcoholic, if you will. You know, I like to be drunk and I like to be drunk until I go to the doctor and he says, hey, you got cirrhosis. You're like, I'm going to have to stop drinking. (laughs) You know, because this thing's killing me. They still like being drunk, but they realize what they like is hurting them. And I think that's what happens to some politicians that subscribe to the uh, progressive philosophy. But Mayor London Breed, she says it's a failure to educate kids properly throughout this pandemic. And that's what's frustrating parents. Listen to this.
0: The people of San Francisco have spoken and sent a loud and clear message that we want the school district to focus on their fundamental responsibility that is educating our children. That has to be the priority. It's not to say that other things like school renamings and other things that are important uh, to the district can't happen. But unfortunately, the failure to educate our kids properly throughout this pandemic is, I think, what many parents were frustrated over and seeing their children go from these you know, talkative, robust personalities to all of a sudden, you know, quiet and uncomfortable and just different has been really, I think, a breaking point for a lot of families in San Francisco.
2: Well, look at that. London Breed strikes again, making sense twice in the last six months. Because, yeah, obviously this is a failure to educate kids when you're masking them and kicking them out of school and putting them in remote circumstances or making them eat outside or in cold vestibules, having lunch outside, this, that, and the other. Now, listen, I understand that people want to keep kids safe. Yes, it's paramount. But I think it's also become transparent now that hiding behind the guise of keeping kids safe is keeping a minority of people who are in charge of educating these children to feel safe. I don't know that there is a massive body of evidence anywhere that suggests that these little kids are getting everybody sick. Now, there may be some instances where kids are passing it to each other. And since they have such robust immune systems, nothing's happening. And then somebody in their 50s or 60s who's a teacher might be getting sick to that. I say, look, we have to be fair, but we're not going to kick the kid out of school to accommodate your need because you're aging and have a waning immune system. And you fixated on this vaccine that doesn't seem to work very well in terms of transmissibility, right? I'm not not taking shots at the vaccine per se. I don't want anybody coming, knocking on my door. Did you say something bad about the vax? You know, look what they did to Nicki Minaj. Jeez. But this is where we are. Mayors like London Breed, they realize they're politicians. At the end of the day, unless they steal elections, they have to get reelected. And they need people to cast votes for them. People that have children throw politics out the window. This is something I learned from a guy by the name of Brett Schundler. He was the education commissioner in New Jersey. And before that, the mayor of Jersey city. And he's like a political godfather of mine. when I was a very young man in my twenties, he ran for governor and I got involved in his campaign. And that's really what kind of opened me up to the policy side of of politics. And I, I, um, I was, I'm grateful and had the opportunity to start a charter school with him in Jersey city. So I have a different perspective On This stuff than many do. And what I can say is, yeah, you have to put the kids first and closing down schools and coming up with reasons why we're going to protect the people that we're not we're not there to serve teachers. We're there to serve students. And that's critically important. But you know that I'm right. Not because I'm saying it, because I love the sound of my own voice, but no, because even the New York Times, Mara Gay from the New York Times, she was on uh, the morning joke with Scarborough, and she says that it's wise to focus on making sure that schools can safely reopen to serve who? To serve the students. This is cut number 10. Listen to this.
1: Cut 10. I hey, it invoice. It's so fascinating on so many fronts. And It seems like these are three issues we're going to be hearing for uh, at least the next six to nine months in the campaigns.
3: That's right. And I think that Democrats and not just Democrats, but all of us, frankly, would be wise to focus most of the energy here on making sure that schools can safely reopen to serve students. I'm not a parent yet, but I can only imagine the anger and frustration and concern of parents as they see movie theaters uh, sports arenas, restaurants, bars reopening, but yet in so many cases, like in San Francisco, are still watching their kids at home uh, in front of a screen, wondering you know, what kind of education they're getting and what kind of educational losses they may be enduring, not to mention the social aspect and the emotional and psychological aspect of what this pandemic has borne on children. And so much of this has been prolonged because of the refusal of parts of this country to get vaccinated. But, you know, there's also leadership questions in school boards, school districts across the country.
2: There you go. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. And in this case, Mara Gay is right to focus on putting people in a role where they're going to serve the student and not serve themselves or serve the teachers. It's the only way, because otherwise we're screwed. Right. There's no other way to look at it. Everybody's realizing that we're hurting kids. There was an article I saw. I don't I I don't think I printed it out, but it talked about how children are. Maybe I did how children are suffering like they've never suffered before because. Of masking. This is a big deal. Right. This is a huge deal, because. And we talked about this uh, on a show that I did here in um, Philly. Where I had found this um, statement and this research that was done by somebody who was in the school business that said that, you know, kids, if they can't see the mouth moving, they can't learn to speak, especially between like kindergarten and third grade. And that in those scenarios, they um, they're they're losing out. And there were some great callers that had called in and and that worked. One was an English teacher and she said, you're absolutely right. If a kid can't see your mouth moving, uh, it becomes difficult for them to learn to speak. So now we have all these kids that are now behind in their development, in their speech development, and all because of these policies that were supposed to keep us safe that might have lasting repercussions instead of having a kid that has a fever for a day or two to a kid that's going to need a speech therapist for a decade. And that's crazy to me. But I know that we, I was told we had some calls. I'm not sure if they're still there. Let me know. 855-839-1210. Let's go to Marianne in Philly. Marianne, what's going on? You're on with Rich Valdez.
1: Hello, Rich. How are you?
2: How are you? Happy Saturday.
1: Thank you. Okay. Um, I'm calling about the COVID. Um, Ron Johnson had an, uh, an expose on TV and for five hours, and it was called A Second Opinion. Mm-hmm. It's, about the, uh, it's yeah, about the COVID shot. And also, when when the children when people wear the mask for too long, it messes around with the um, how can I say the the uh, um, the chemical imbalance. It screws it up in your lungs.
2: Yeah, the carbon dioxide
1: in your lungs. Yeah. Yeah, and just also, so you know, the, the
2: technical uh, term for that, Marianne, it's called respiratory yeah. acidosis, and it actually can kill you because what? what happens is carbon dioxide will build up in your lungs, get into your bloodstream, and if you do it for long enough, it'll shut down all of your organs. And actually, I I know people have died from that.
1: Yeah, see, I have COPD, and, and I can't really wear the mask, so, you know, it bothers me. It causes me to almost pass out, so I don't wear it, and... I only put it on... I have a fake
2: mask that I wear, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> and I put Tell it on me about the fake the mask. Store. Is it like one of those because, mesh... It's kind of like pantyhose? Yeah, it's
1: black.
2: That's it's funny.
1: It's a, a mesh one. And believe it or not, I put it on to go in the store and it, nobody says anything to me, so I figure, fine, that's great. Now, I have a question First for somebody. you,
2: Marianne. Uh, it's yeah. not about masks, but it's about this whole vaccine mandate protest that happened in Canada. And... I um, opened up the show talking about a woman, an elderly woman that had a mobility scooter that was trampled by a, a horse that was you know, part of the police in Canada, the Ottawa police horse and the officer, etc. And my thought is, uh, do you think it's appropriate and do you think I have any point at all? in my suggestion that where are all the men and where is their thinking that they have this elderly woman on, with a mobility scooter being in their front line as they're shouting, hold the line, as they're facing down riot police and mounted police? Am I wrong to think that they should have moved her to the back?
1: No, they should have moved her. Yeah. but you know what? I've never you been a woman.
2: Do you identify as a woman? What's that? Do you identify as a woman?
1: absolutely <laughs> so <laughs> what else would i be <laughs> exactly but my point is I'm, I'm as not a woman into all that i'm not in the, into that me i'm in school i don't have time for that stuff
2: and you I'm sound like be, you're tough but as tough as you uh, are would would you be on the front line or would you let the men get in the front line if you were at a protest like that
1: no i'd let the men get in
2: the front line yeah i agree i, I, I and this I'm woman only, they're saying I'm she was nearly killed
1: yeah, I'm only five foot one, and uh, right now I'm 120. But I was always five foot one, 90 pounds, and that's it.
2: Oh, so you it know? sounds like you've been eating like me.
1: So I'm going to get in the back line, not the front line.
2: <laughs> I think you got the right idea. Thank you, Marianne. I appreciate your call. More on your calls and the rest of this stuff that's going on. I want to talk about the stuff that I teased the the snow in China at the Olympics. We're going to get to that. Plus, before we get to that, I want to talk about what happened in Michigan. This crazy story about a husband and a wife. Uh, I, I really think you're not going to believe it unless you've heard it already. Anyway, more to come straight ahead. Rich Valdez, Talk Radio, twelve ten, WPHD.
1: This is America. This is America.
2: All right, Philly, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. I'm the host of This Is America with Rich Valdez. You can hear that on odyssey.com and wherever you get your podcasts if you like. And, of course, I'm here with you guys on the weekends, and I love to do that. The phone number is 855-839-1210, 855-839-1210. I believe we have someone else that was on the line. Brenda in Bordentown, you're on with Rich Valdez. Welcome.
4: Hi. Uh, Good show, good topics today. Uh, but what I want to say is, if five years ago, if parents or the schools were requiring children to wear masks all day, like they are, mm-hmm. they'd be considered abusive to their children. Yeah, the the, the kids can't get oxygen by breathe exhaling the uh, carbon dioxide, and they have the mask on. They're not getting clean air, clean oxygen. And I'm telling the telling the listeners. Research this, how important clean oxygen is to your body.
2: You're 100% right. Uh, Some people have gone as far as to make the argument that by doing this, we're limiting people's rights to breathe clean air. Well, definitely we are. You can't, and
4: to have them on all day, this is absolutely insanity. You know, we've turned from America the Beautiful to Land of the Loonies. I cannot believe the things that are going on. I'm a I'm a great grandmother and I say, God help this generation. I mean, wake up, people.
2: <laughs> I think you're hundred percent right. Thank you so much for your call, Brenda. I do appreciate it and looking forward to speaking with the rest of you when you guys call in. 855-839-1210 is the phone number. And as I look to locate this and I'm not disorganized, it just these things escape me. There's so many windows and so many devices in front of me. <clears throat> this story that was going on in Michigan. Um I want to uh, turn my attention to something I heard during the break and hope you'll join me in turning your attention there, too. And it was uh, Rich Zioli. There was a a quick um, promo for Zioli and his program, which is an excellent program, by the way. And he uh, he was making a comment and I agreed with the comment. But it made me think that this is what this business is all about. This talk radio business is is being able to share the truth. And I say this about Zioli because I I happen to know Zioli, known him for a long time. He was actually, um, I had interned in the office of Congressman Scott Garrett, New Jersey 5th District, uh, many years ago, 2004 maybe. And he was the chief of staff at the time, state director. And uh, Scott Garrett, of course, was the most conservative member of Congress at that time, as voted by conservative review. And it it comes as no surprise to me that he's doing such an amazing job with the morning show. So big shout out to Rich Dioli and everybody in the WPHT family. But I just wanted to say that because I thought, you know, it's it's good radio hosts that I think are able to further and engage the conversation, whether it's locally or nationally. And another one that comes to mind is Bob Grant, which uh, those of you who've listened to this station remember for some point in time he was on WPHT after he got bounced out of New York City. And he was another one. He was famous for saying... It's your turn to be heard. And this is just, again, me on a rant. That's part of what I love about talk radio is the fact that it's not just me being heard. It's us having this big conversation about the issues that are most important to all of us. So always know that, yes, you can be heard here, even if you disagree. And uh, the phone number 855-839-1210. Now, uh, there was this story that I wanted to get you, but as I still continue to look for it, I want to move on and go to this clip of audio from good old Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, our least favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens, all out crazy herself. And the good old AOC, she was in a virtual town hall on uh, Wednesday saying, we helped huge amounts, and that's a quote, (laughs) of illegal immigrants get taxpayer relief and she, this was something she was very, very proud of. So I want you to listen to cut number 12, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Go ahead.
1: Um, I've been uh, one of the most vocal members of Congress on inclusion of a path to citizenship um, for for the over, you know, 11 million, third, potentially upwards of 13 million immigrants, undocumented people um, in the United States. We've thrown everything on the line. Um and not just in a path to citizenship, but we've also fought for the inclusion. Uh, we fought tooth and nail for the inclusion of undocumented people in, uh, in relief packages, stimulus checks, uh, FEMA assistance. And we've actually helped huge amounts of undocumented families in our district get federal relief um, that many others were trying to lock them out of.
2: So good old AOC, she's now... Uh, celebrating the fact that they're using taxpayer dollars to help with this thing. And this is the bigger issue here is, and this is an issue I like to talk about every now and again, because I think sometimes it gets lost, right? When you think of immigration, you you can tend to feel like, oh my gosh, there's an invasion on our country. These people are coming from somewhere else. They're bringing different customs and blah, blah, blah. And it becomes something about culture and about race and about this and about that and about Americanism. And it is all of those things. In, in some way. But in this situation, it's so much bigger than that. Because in effect, what's happening here is Joe Biden is overseeing the biggest slave trade in history. He's working with cartels to bring in people that are being trafficked. In this current situation, there are so many people that are coming into this country that don't even want to be here. It's not that they're coming here for the freebie. A lot of these people are uh, unaccompanied minors that they're being sent here by people that, who knows, they're saying, oh, their parents sent them here because for a better opportunity. No, their parents are probably killed so that they could be sent here to be used in a sex slave trade, especially these young women. Excuse me. So this is something I think is really important. And you have people like Congresswoman all out crazy that are sitting here allowing this to happen or worse. Even worse, the borders are, que mala eres, our vice president. Or how about Joel Baboso Biden? Joe El Baboso Biden, the president who is basically allowing the redefinition of asylum, saying, you know what? If you come from a country that's poor, then you count for asylum and we'll give you a court date, which you never have to show up for. Why are we making it so easy for people to come into the United States? Why are the rules being weakened and softened? This is something I think that we really, really have to ask because when you lower the standard, you're going to get more of an influx. And there's always reports of these young men, and I get this a lot. And maybe if you guys want to chime in on some conspiracy stuff, I don't usually like to touch the third rail and talk radio of conspiracy theories because I'm I'm a real kind of – I love opinions, but you have to have some sort of fact or at least some historical context to back it up. And you know, I keep getting – I have some – some conspiracy folks uh, in my immediate circle that are always telling me, oh, you know what that means, Richie. I'm like, oh, what's that? <laughs> it means that uh, they're sending all these young men that are uh, military-aged men. there. They're creating a private army right here in the United States. Now, this may be true, but I don't have any context in which that may be utilized. I don't have any frame of reference to think that the United States is going to be overcome by illegal aliens that are somehow a sleeper cell. Now it can happen, of course. And the more the longer it happens and the more that are allowed into the country, it's gonna it's it's got a better chance of actually happening. But we've really got to look at the root cause here. And I don't mean the way the Dems say, let's look at the root cause. They say, oh, why are they leaving? Let's look at poverty in Guatemala. What? Why would I do that? How about shutting the door? <laughs> How about saying no, you can't come in. Or, hey, Mexico, put some pressure on them, you know, and that's that's coming into court next week. The remain in Mexico policy. But clearly, this is not just people that are looking for a better life. This is Biden saying, come one, come all. The floodgates are open. Come on in. And that is the issue. And AOC is proud and happy to be aiding and abetting that with, you know, the uh, proliferation of your tax dollars to get it done. On top of that, she blames the surge of um, child tax credit ending, and she calls Congress a crap show. Good old AOC was whining about that, whining about her job and how you know, the uh, expiration of the expanded child tax credit is now fueling crime. And, and you heard some of her comments, but this is, this is the position that they take. And to me, I think it's, it's incredibly unfair to the American taxpayer Whomever you are, whatever color you may be, whatever language you speak, but if you're the American taxpayer, it's incredibly unfair to have a communist sympathizing member of Congress that's working against your best interest, that's literally sabotaging what you do, like what you work for. This to me is is insane. And it it also I think it it opens up uh, another conversation. This is a separate article I saw, but I thought interesting because this is what the Biden administration and and, in the in the micro. But in the macro sense, Democrats altogether are always looking for a way to change the rules, whether it's lowering the standards for for kids and learning because they've screwed up the school system. So now we're going to lower that. And I want to talk about that straight ahead. But. Also on how we can soften things for our friends in Iran, like Joe Biden likes to do, or like what AOC is doing and making it easier for illegal immigrants. Ultimately, they're always trying to change the rules to benefit themselves politically. Anyway, we're going to get into that and this headline from Newsmax, why half of Guantanamo's prisoners might get out. So we're going to talk about that straight ahead. Plus all the rest of the stuff that I've been teasing. I've got that stuff too. So don't go anywhere. Kick your feet back. Turn the volume up. I'm still here till six o'clock. Eight, five, five, eight, three, nine, 12, Join the conversation. I am Rich Valdez. You're listening to
1: this is America. This is America.
2: we yeah, are going to let this one play. Really, welcome back. Uh, Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S here with you until 6 o'clock on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And I'm looking at a piece in the Insider.com headline, Prosecutors say a Michigan man shot and killed his wife after being convinced by the QAnon theory that she was a child sex trafficker and working for the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm also going to get into that Guantanamo Bay stuff, but I saw this one and I couldn't resist. Now listen, uh, please. A disclaimer: This is a disclaimer. I'm, being in talk radio, I'm used to you know having disclaimers, saying you know the thoughts of the host don't necessarily reflect blah 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 blah. blah, Because you know people don't always like what I have to say, but I will say that this one I find very very interesting here because this is something I've never really subscribed to, but the um, the headline. It was very provocative. Prosecutors say a man in Michigan killed his wife after receiving messages from QAnon members that she was a child sex trafficker and working for the CIA. Tory Burke, 45 years old. That's just a couple of years older than me, admitted to shooting and killing his wife, Jessica Burke, 29 years old. Look at that. So, I mean, now, listen, I'm I'm divorced now for a number of years, but um. I don't think if I had a 29-year-old wife, I'd be killing her. But that's what this guy did on January 27th, 2021. Burke was found not guilty of one charge of homicide. Wow. And one felony weapons charge by reason of insanity. On February 7th, according to court records that were obtained, uh, blah, 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 blah. Now, Burke underwent two psychiatric evaluations, both of which determined he was not competent for trial. Reported ABC affiliate, ABC 12, blah, 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 blah. He will be sent to the Michigan Center for Forensic Psychiatry for more testing and may spend the rest of his life in a mental health institution, according to the outlet. So this I find just really interesting. Did he really do this because he just hated his wife? He wanted to kill her and and, you know, she's horrible and he's a killer. Or did he decide all of those same things, and say, I'm going to cover it up, and to not go to jail, I'm just going to blame it on Q and the QAnon conspiracy people on the Internet. I don't know. But I can say the inference that I draw from this is that he walks into court and says, well, you know, um, my wife, I had a killer, she was a child uh, sex trafficker, and I know this because of the QAnon people on Reddit and QAnon.pub and all these other places where they have these chat boards. And I I, I just look at this and I think, does the judge look at the guy and say, yeah, you're absolutely out of your mind. There's no way somebody in his right mind would do something like this. And does he get off because of Q? I don't know. Um, This is something I rarely talk about, but I just found this is really crazy. And here's another one. In December of 2020, Nashville bomber Anthony Warner injured three people and killed himself after detonating explosives inside his uh, RV. Before the incident, Warner had espoused the QAnon-linked fringe belief that the reptilian humanoids were controlling the world. (laughs) I would never do this Monday through Friday, but it's Saturday, so I'm letting my hair down. Uh, that 's a joke in and of itself anyway that 's the story there. I wonder how crazy this guy really really is. Another story that I want to get to uh just briefly it 's a good segue for the Biden stuff that I want to do in this uh upcoming hour number three. Burger King has removed the whopper from their discount menu. Oh boy, yes, well, the reason being, given the inflationary pressures, Tom Curtis, the president of Burger King, North America, said that the on the earnings call that on Tuesday, the Whopper will have to lift some price caps on selected items and remove the Whopper from their core discount menu. However, he acknowledged that the burger, a quarter pound flame grilled beef patty, is the strongest brand equity that they have and it's core to their growth. With that in mind, the brand will still look for an opportunity for some incremental discounting in the future, but it won't be every day, he added. Wow. So let me tell you, I've kind of even stopped going to Burger King lately because it's gotten so expensive. And when I did, I noticed they had a two for, I think it was two for 10 bucks, uh, whoppers. And, or, t- yeah, two for 10, I think is what it was. So anyway, this I think is uh, earth shattering news, folks. Earth shattering news that the Whopper has been removed from the discount menu and you're going to have to pay full price for the Burger King Whopper. Now, the other thing I wanted to get to. I got thrown off by that QAnon thing. Forgive me, folks. I had to. The story... No, that's the story. It was this last clip of audio that I wanted to play related to what's going on with the toxicity with Democrats. And it's cut number 13. Senator John Tester, he's on with David Axelrod, who was uh, chief of staff to Barack Obama on his podcast. And he says that the, the Democrats' brand in rural America... Is toxic because quite frankly, they just don't show up. Listen to this.
0: The national democratic brand in, 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 I think in rural America generally is toxic and it's because quite frankly, we don't show up. Uh, I'm talking about national Democrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're not willing to go places. We're not wanted and answer questions.
2: Yeah, I agree. And uh, he's not wanted here, but I am willing to ask the questions and this is, Part of the reason of this is because they say one thing and they do another. And he's feeling it. And this is what happens when you're a Democrat in Montana. People will hold you to it when you show up at the general store. And again, if I'm generalizing, I've never been to Montana, so forgive me. And since we're not national right now, I don't know if anybody from Montana is listening. But I can tell you that um, I do watch the show Yellowstone, and that's based in Montana, even though I think they shoot it in St. George, Utah. And this show Yellowstone, let me tell you, I was not into it. And another quick shout out to Zioli because it's his fault. Uh, We were working together and he asked me, hey, are you you watching Yellowstone? And I said, you know what? I've watched like the first three episodes and I kind of gave up on it because I wasn't impressed. And he said, don't give up. It gets better. So because of Rich Zioli, I kept watching Yellowstone and it really does get better. Then I started binge watching one season after the next and I'm all caught up. I just finished like a day or two ago. So it is a good show. But the point is, if Montana's anything like what I've seen in Yellowstone, John Tester, he's going to have a bunch of angry cowboys staring him down every time he goes to the bar, to the saloon, to the general store, whatever they do, because it's a small place with a very small population. I think you can take the population of, uh, of Montana and put it like eight or nine times into New Jersey. Even more in Pennsylvania. But anyway, Democrats are failing. And the reason Democrats are failing is because they don't deliver. They're not delivering on what they said. He said, I'm going to shut down this virus. He hasn't shut down anything but the economy. He hasn't shut down anything but schools. So when you have a situation like that, it puts Biden in a really, really tough spot. Now, I also mentioned to you that I wanted to talk about the snow at the Olympics that we're going to get to and an older story that I'm going to rehash for the purpose of talking about what happened at the Olympics in China. So we're going to do that. We're also going to hear from Senator Elizabeth Warren and some comments that she had. And Celia Roos, who's a economic advisor to Biden, who says that inflation is being driven by the pandemic. I disagree. I think inflation is being driven by Joe Biden. Anyway, more to come straight ahead. Rich Valdez.
1: This is America.